0: This podcast is brought to you with the support of Readly, 5,000 magazines in one app. Hello, and welcome to Marketing Stories from The Drum. I'm Diane Young, CEO and co-founder of The Drum. And in this podcast series, I pick out my favorite stories from a print magazine and read them for you. Each month, our magazine is devoted to a topic that is of interest to marketers who want to keep up with and ahead of current trends. The stories are compiled by our writers in Europe, the USA and Asia-Pacific. This content is exclusive to the printed version of The Drum, and you can get the full magazine each month at thedrum.com forward slash subscribe. In episode two, in an interview by Jane Fall, where she talks to Richard Hammond and James May of Top Gear fame, about autonomous vehicles, car ownership, and personal transport solution providers, and finds out why they are excited by the future of cars. When the car first came, it was just a novelty. Then it changed the world. Now we're reinventing it, and this time we realise its significance. Richard Hammond is excited about the future of cars, optimistic that in the face of driverless technology and plethora of ownership models now available, people's fascination with the way they get from A to B will not abate. Longtime colleague James May, though slightly more subdued, is also buoyant. It's the greatest period of change the car has seen since it was invented. It's a fairly conservative business, car building and buying, but all of a sudden there are alternative means in terms of ways of using and ways of making them. Everything is suddenly changing. Hammond and May are the top gear presenters turned media owners. After their high-profile, messy departure from the BBC, they were scooped up by Amazon alongside co-host Jeremy Clarkson to front the Grand Tour. The trio simultaneously launched Drive Tribe, a publishing platform for auto-enthusiasts of all stripes that has since garnered over a million users. Thanks to this audience, Hammond and May, guest editors for an issue of The Drum, know the topics that get people talking, even if their viability is questionable. Take self-driving cars. I don't believe in it, says me. We're not there yet, chimes Hammond. It's a strong stance considering the billions of dollars going into self-driving technology right now. Google parent company Alphabet set up its own self-drive company, Waymo, to get ahead while traditional car marks from General Motors to Ford to Honda and Chevrolet are all in the process of developing and testing self-driving cars. But what Hammond and me object to is the confusion people seem to have over automated systems that allows someone to drive on a motorway, a long straight road, where the car is, quote, in control, versus an autonomous vehicle with the ability to make decisions itself. The trouble is, we started using the word autonomy, and people have taken that to mean you can sit in the back of the car and have a snooze and it will go to the shops, says me. But the truth is, most of the systems we have at the moment can only follow the motorway if the lines are clear. If the lines disappear, it can't read and process information like a human can. Nobody likes to admit that something is a bad idea or impossible. Somebody in the motor industry needs to have the balls to stand up and say, listen, everybody, what we're all talking about is not actually possible, or at least it's not going to happen for a very long time. So we'll give you some lane following things, some crash projection protection with an early morning thing that will put the brakes on and we'll help it follow the lanes. But you're going to have to get your hands on the wheel. I just don't believe it's possible. They're steadfast in their belief that in their lifetimes, we won't see autonomous cars on the road. Cities aren't prepared, the legislation isn't in place, and would people ever really trust them? Having said all that, did you know that when early aviator Samuel Langley crashed the first plane into the river, the New York Times said that heavier-than-air flight may be possible one day, but it will take millions, if not tens of millions of years to achieve? And it happened eight days later. So we could be wrong, May says. On the subject of car ownership, however, they do think we're on the brink of a titanic shift that industries far beyond the auto sector will need to adapt to. Drive Tribe conducted a poll with its users and found 30% were open to the idea of ditching their car in favour of car sharing scheme. According to a report from Deloitte, car sharing has continuously seen double-digit percentage growth over the past few years. The report cites experts who predict that by 2021, there will be a global decline in cars being produced of half a million a year due to the proliferation of car sharing providers. Things are changing, especially among the young. And by the young, I mean people under 30, which is very young for us, made jokes. But the car industry and everything to do with cars and the way they're made and sold tends to be staffed by fairly old and entrenched people. And they might be having some difficulty getting their heads around it, or they may simply not want to do it. According to Hammond, this shift among the younger demographic presents a huge challenge to auto marketers. Younger car buyers are no longer won over by flashy adverts denoting expensive cars that demonstrate, as Hammond says, potency, wealth and power. A lot of people would spend disproportionately huge amounts of money in a car when they probably have no real interest in cars, but just wanted to demonstrate their social standing. I think that's going to change. Cars are not coded messages anymore. Car marketing then, says Hammond, will be far more utilitarian. It's going to be a bit more akin to selling washing machines. But that same Deloitte report also suggests that despite the massive growth expected in car sharing, this may not result in a decline in car ownership, especially in rural environments. The report points to Germany, the world's biggest car sharing country, and says people remain emotionally connected to car makers and the younger generation continue to value powerful cars from well-known brands. It's why Porsche, for instance, launched Porsche Passport, a monthly subscription service with a starting price of $2,100 a month that allows users to reserve a range of cars via an app. Cars are delivered to the user by concierge service and collected when they are finished with it. After an 18-month pilot scheme in Atlanta, it recently expanded the service into San Diego, Las Vegas, Phoenix and Toronto. Car companies shouldn't think of themselves as car makers, said me jokingly, now they should think of themselves as, and trying to think of how the marketing would say it, a personal transport solution provider. The upheavals of the car market and what that means on everything from the way we get to work to how we're entertained to how our cities evolve to make way for self-driving and car sharing all remains to be seen. Despite the uncertainty, Hammond assures us that people transport, cars will always excite people. There will always be a part of us that gets excited by the ability to move yourself from one place to another at the time of your choosing and at a speed and in the style of your choosing. I think personal transport, in that sense, will always appeal. I don't think we'll ever completely lose our passion for cars. To read this and other articles on the future of automotive marketing and the opportunities automotive will present to marketers, subscribe at thedrum.com forward slash subscribe. You will receive monthly printed reports plus the automotive and other back issues on the app. Thanks for listening.